<laughs> Whoa. Hey, guys, you know what that sound is, right? Holy cow. That's Friday night right there. That's that's uh, that's us getting ready to do a pod for another uh, another Saturday morning shoot-around. You guys game? Let's do it. Yeah, let's, let's roll. All right. Well, tonight it's Friday night, as we mentioned before, and we got a nice big old slate Saturday morning shoot-around coming at us tomorrow, 2K to first. Um, but before we get into the, the usual breakdown of the games and what buckets they're in, uh, how are you guys doing? How was your week? Dude, I was busy. It was a busy week. It was kind of a grind. It's cold here. Uh, work was busy. Uh, I don't think I've cashed at all this week. But you know what? The weekend's here, and time to go on a heater. This will be our third podcast in, what, seven days? Because we had the Tuesday pod for the big right. Tuesday slate. College football has officially ended. Um, James, what about you? How was your week? Week was good. I'm also kind of dry on the, in, in terms of cash, so I would like to uh, turn that around this weekend. A new day is new opportunity. You know, you can always not be dry with a tasty beverage like the one I just cracked. Oh. What are you rolling with, Joe? You got an all-day? I do. I do. Uh, Founders All Day IPA. It's a, it's an easy drinking session. Um, it's kind of become my go-to just to have around the house. I mentioned this earlier. We went out for Japanese uh, tonight, so I had a Sapporo. And then after I took a little break when I got home, uh, when we started our pod, I cracked a new one. What about you guys? You guys uh, on that Aquafina heat, drinking some waters? Uh, James, sometimes you like a nice glass of wine. Anything going on over there? Uh, no wine tonight. I do have a delicious full steam humidity. It's a pale ale made out of uh, Durham, North Carolina. Uh, not actually out of Durham itself, but made in Durham. And uh, it's pretty pretty tasty. I'm enjoying it. When you said a full steam, I was thinking you maybe you're at some Russian bathhouse again or something weird. Not this time, no. You and Kanish <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> oh, that's a Rounders reference. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's a great movie. Very underrated. Go watch Rounders. Where yeah, about you? I'm I'm drinking water out of a cup. It's a it's a Cubs 2016 World Series cup. Okay. Oh my. Yeah. Really getting edgy. The last World Series team not to cheat, evidently. Right. No <laughs> kidding. But we're not a baseball pad. We're a college basketball pod, and we oh, got some. Right. We got a lot of action tomorrow. We got a lot of good tournaments. And and Bird, can you kind of run through what's out there from a mania qualifier standpoint? Tomorrow, there's a, a $25 qualifier to get into the Mania. So there's only 64 seats in that Mania tournament, um, $50,000 for first uh, if, if you get into the tournament. And so there's a $25 qualifier tomorrow, which is probably going to be the lowest. Well, it will be the lowest that they offer. They do have a lot of satellites that can get you into some of those other tournaments. But uh, that $25 one is going to be kind of fun tomorrow. Hopefully, uh, maybe we can get weird and, and, and get a seat. Yeah, I'm in it. And then uh, one of our OG followers, Lucky, Lucky won a seat this week. That was nice to see. Yeah, he won a seat to the, the to the World Basketball Championship one. So that's a $300 entry. Uh, so another tournament that's going to be going on in March. I think it's the Friday of March Madness. Uh, he won a seat for a $300 entry into that tournament. So a lot that's of fun awesome. stuff for DraftKings right now. And, and the overall, just like the regular tournament, I think is 2000 to first. So a little bit better than normal. Uh, so we'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. We got 10 games today, and uh, before we dive into those uh, and our, our groupings that we normally do with the Don't Go Overboard, the Treadwater, and the Dive In section, we did uh, solicit our uh, Twitterverse today. We did solicit our bucket heads to see if they had any questions, 
I had two that came in over DM. And James, I'll throw this first one to you. The first one just asks why we got into this. We've been doing this CBB DFS for a little over a year and a half now. Um, but why? Yeah, a little background about us, I guess. We've been friends for a long time. I think you guys have known each other a little longer than, than I have. But uh, we've been essentially lifelong college basketball fans. Uh, over the years, we've traveled around. We've went out you know, to the famous places to watch games and saw some really good games and uh, really good players. And so it was something that's always been sort of a passion and a hobby for us. And uh, a couple of years ago when we found out that DFS, uh, college DFS was coming back, um, we decided to start a Twitter account to kind of keep ourselves engaged and keep ourselves informed. Before we knew it, we had a few hundred followers and approached to do a podcast and created a website yeah. this year and, and mm -hmm. everything. So it's, it's kind of uh, it's escalated over the last it couple has. of years. But now we got thousands of followers. Well, a thousand followers. But that's, that's right. Can you say thousands of followers if it's just a thousand? Probably not. So we don't have plural thousands. We can say whatever we want. That's our podcast. We can make up whatever we need to. All right. I like it. And then, Bird, the next one here is for you because it looks like it's Kansas-specific. And if they've followed us for a while, they know you are a Kansas guy. Um, but they asked uh, how long you've been a Kansas fan and what turned you on to the Jayhawks because apparently they must be stalking you because they know you're not from the Kansas area. Uh, yeah, they do, and, and, that, and they're correct. So I did not go to Kansas University. Um, I wish I did, University of Kansas. Um, so I was 11 when it was Danny Manning and the Miracles, and old. I, I'm old, so that's part of it, <laughs> and they were freaking awesome, and their jerseys were a complete fire, and so I just, I completely fell in love, um, and ever since then, really, just been a huge fan, um, we used to play Coach K basketball on the Sega Genesis, and I'd be Kansas, and, you know, growing up, I went to college in Missouri, and had a nice little rivalry with the people from Missouri about Kansas and Missouri, and just have always loved Kansas, loved Roy Williams, uh, obviously love but they'll self. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. Nice. And and you guys know this. So we've we've went to a lot of places, watched a lot of Kansas games, and Kansas fans truly are like they're just super nice people. Like just just in general, mm -hmm. every single person we've ever met that's been a Kansas fan has been just a super nice individual, very knowledgeable about the game, and and so I think that's a nice little piece of it too. Yeah, salt of the earth folks, you know, heart of the Midwest, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I think as part of one of our future podcasts, we ought to talk about some of the great venues that we've watched basketball and some of the stories that we have there. Um, Ooh, I like that. James, why don't, why don't we do a homework assignment next podcast? Okay. I want you to do a top five basketball venues you you or we or at least two of us have seen together. So Done. that'll be a that'll be a, your homework for next podcast all right enough enough recapping these guys are tuning in and listening to us saturday morning because they want information on the slate that's going to kick that's going to tip off at 11 so let's get right into it we've got kind of like tuesday's podcast this, the slate's a little bit slower there is a marquee matchup which we'll talk about later um but let's first bird go go through our let's not go overboard section our, our games that we maybe don't want too much exposure on yeah we have three listed in this section uh, the first one is Purdue at Maryland. Maryland is a four-point favorite with an over-under of 120. The second game is Baylor at Oklahoma State. Baylor is a seven-point road favorite with an over-under of 125. And then the Jayhawks head to Austin to play Texas. KU is an eight-point road favorite with an over-under of 128. And James, you know, Purdue's lost uh, to Nebraska. They've lost to Illinois. They've lost to Michigan on the road so far this year in the Big Ten play. Uh, do you see anything changing uh, on Saturday? 
I don't. I think they can make a game out of it. I don't think it'll be as lopsided as some of their road losses have been. Uh, but this is a team that really can't win away from home. They've won one true road game this year against Ohio, and they've gotten blitzed uh, on a few occasions. And so I, it's going to be a tough game. I, from a DFS standpoint, just stay away. Maybe maybe one or two options there. But if you miss the whole game, uh, I don't think you'd be uh, you know behind anybody there. Yeah, number six defense versus number seven defense and Kirk Ken Palm's defensive efficiency ratings. So, yeah, you know, again, the intent of this group is just to say a play, probably okay, a play from each side, maybe stretching it. But, you know, we're not stacking this game. We're not we're not going too many places. Keep, keep get, an eye on Dotson's status for Kansas. Uh, I think he's on the right side of questionable. I think he probably is going to play. Um, but if he doesn't. You know, if you look back to Tuesday, playing Marcus Garrett and Isaiah Moss are almost a lock if uh, Dotson's mm-hmm. not going to play. For sure. Let's go ahead and flip into our tread water section, though, um, which is our next group. We have some interest in these teams. We have some interest in some of these specific players. Um, so, Bird, we got four games in this section. What do we got? Uh, we have four games. Uh, TCU at Oklahoma is the first one. Uh, the Sooners are a four-point favorite with an over-under of 132. Uh, North Carolina heads to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh is a five-point favorite against North Carolina. That's crazy. Over-under That's of 135. Ohio State at Penn State. Ohio State is a one-point favorite at Penn State with an over-under of 137. And, and just a reminder, these are based off the Ken Palm lines right now. We right. didn't have the official lines when we did this, so these are based off Ken Palm, which, which will be roughly – it'll be pretty close. Pretty close normally. Yeah. And, and then the last one in this group, uh, this, this kind of tread water group, is Auburn at Florida. Florida is a two-point favorite with an over/under of 138. And and Joe, you laughed a little bit about this. And uh, James, you're our ACC guy, but did we ever picture at the beginning of the year that UNC would be a five-point dog playing against Pittsburgh? No, that's that's a team that's just in shambles right now, particularly in the backcourt. And we'll kind of get into some of that later. But you know, Pittsburgh just beat them in Chapel Hill uh, by eight. Now they're going to get them at home. So I'd love to see UNC rally just from a basketball fan standpoint uh, hey, to see if no they kid. can salvage some of this season but my goodness yeah that's just been a rough rough year yeah regardless of what you feel about north carolina and the dukes and the kentuckys and the uclas of the world college basketball is better when those teams are good yeah for sure for sure and you never want to see a team that uh you know has a lot of talent can be competitive and you know gets hit with a rash of injuries um it's just it's tough to watch yeah. I agree. Now, hey, Bird, um, TCU Oklahoma on here is interesting to me because I think that's one of those games that the average DFS player is just going to skip right past. But could you see Bain or Doolittle or someone being, you know, maybe low owned in that matchup? Yeah, I I think you're right. I think it's someone that you just kind of you kind of gloss over that game and don't really think anything of it. Bain's going to have 30 percent usage and, uh, you know, have uh, some assist opportunities, some rebound opportunities. In a pace-up game against Oklahoma, Oklahoma plays at like the 72nd fastest pace in the nation. And then Doolittle's been kind of quiet uh, lately, um, but he's he's the heart and soul of that team. He's a walking right. double-double. Samuel will be guarding Brady Manick, and so I think he could have a decent matchup where Doolittle could do a little bit of damage on the offensive and defensive glass and maybe get a few putbacks. But yeah, I think that's under-the-radar under, under the radar game that should have some low ownership. Yeah, I mean, if you're looking for an edge, that might be one of those games that pops out at you as something that, you know, just it's not sexy, so people are going to pass over it. Now, Auburn-Florida is very sexy, but I I probably don't want a lot of that game. There's going to be – the usual suspects are going to be highly owned, I think, from that one. Yeah, I don't know. How how is Florida only 62nd in defensive efficiency 
with all the athletes, the length, mm-hmm. the, the experience that they have on that team. Well, That's, and how Mike White wants to play, you yeah. know. <laughs> how is that possible? I mean, they're 288th in tempo, which should help your defense. How which can you better. be 62nd? That just blows my mind. It, it does, and that, that team's kind of been in shambles. Not, I don't want to say in shambles because they're playing a lot better of late, but that team's kind of been an enigma all year long. I'll comment on the, the Penn State-Ohio State game. Ohio State blasted Penn State earlier in the season, early December, 106 to 74. That's got a, a pretty tight line here. Ohio State's still the favorite at Penn State. So I Penn State's trying to come off a you know three straight losses here. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of revenge in the air here. It wouldn't shock me at all to see Penn State take that game down. Nice. I like what that. I think is Watkins was priced way down. I think he's like 6,900 or something like that. Yeah, yeah and six, he struck 6,700. Yeah, and he, he struggled in that first game. I remember that. Actually, I think Caleb Wesson was my bus pick, and he ended up being the MVP. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's some opportunity there if you uh, to grab a Penn State guy. Um, right. You know, this is a PSA though, and anybody who's played Watkins, it is when you're playing him for Penn State, you are you know full heartedly you're playing a GPP play only. Yeah, you know sure. he's going to get yep. you a 14 or 55. You know, so yeah. I think that 6700 is a good price for him, and, and I think it shows what you're going to get. You're either going to be well under and disappointed, or well over and be stoked. You know, it's unlikely he just comes out with a nice 28. You know, yep. just not how he is. Now he goes. Hey, Joe, do you want to take a dump on the Penn State home crowd at all here? Or? <laughs> <laughs> no. I, Let, I let's make sure it's away. an actual home game first. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm going to I'm gonna hold off, but I, I do have a little asterisk here, which we'll talk about later, about the getting 106 hung on them. But uh, we'll talk about it. We'll hit that later. Um, all right, let's go into the last section here so we can get to our, our, uh, our picks. Um uh, this is our dive-in section. These are the games we probably want a little more exposure to. Um, I'll be honest, uh, a couple of the games in here were interesting to me when I saw what Ken Palm was kind of projecting the scores at. But, Bird, run us through the three games we have in the dive-in section. Uh, Colorado at Arizona. Arizona five-point favorite with an over-under of 141. And Arizona plays really, really well at home. Uh, so that's something to keep in mind when you're setting up your lineups. Uh, Florida State at Miami. Uh, Florida State is a six-point favorite with an over/under of 144, and Miami is 207th in defensive efficiency, which is just garbage. So yeah, nice job, Larinaga. And yep. uh, the the feature game is Marquette at Georgetown. Georgetown a two-point home favorite with a really juicy over/under of 156. And Joe, the Big East continues to provide us that DFS heat that we love. Yep. And uh, yes. you know, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on that Marquette Georgetown game? Have at it. Load up. Georgetown is not a deep team. They play a short bench, so you can play as much as as much Georgetown as you want. Um, I think they're all priced really well, so take your pick on your Hoyas. They don't play any defense. Marquette is a different team outside of Milwaukee, so them going to Georgetown is not the same Marquette that you've seen uh, do some pretty cool things at home. Howard is obviously still in play, and actually Marquette's priced pretty well. Um, both these teams are priced pretty well, so I think there's plays on both sides, and there's nothing wrong if you want to take four players from this game and put them in your lineup. Yeah, I'm looking at Marcus Howard's numbers. He's 41% shot percentage, number one in the nation, 37.5 uh, percentage of possessions, third in the nation. But, you know, he's like 200th in assist rate, and man, sure, he's a uh, he he good. But I will say this, and and I'm not saying don't play Marcus Howard. I'm definitely not saying that. I almost auto-start Howard when he's at home, 
He's about eight points less fantasy points per game on the road. And this is a road game at Georgetown. I know the over-under is juicy, and he's still going to be the guy. But something about him out of that building, he's still good, but, you know, it just it doesn't come as easy. I think that's fair. And, um, you know, James, any thoughts on that Florida State-Miami game? Florida State's one of those teams that's just kind of a balanced team, uh, have a, yeah. bunch of, a bunch of good players and no alpha. Um, but is there any, any advantage that we could take there or any thoughts on, on either side of the ball in that game? Yeah, I think so. Uh, Florida State is actually statistically they're about like they were last year, which is incredible because they lost um, some some key players last year. You know, Miami is like as you mentioned earlier, not very good on defense. Uh, they're gonna they've got a backcourt, uh, three guys essentially that are gonna just shoot the cover off the ball anytime they touch it. They got a very thin front court, uh, essentially two guys uh, that play max minutes there. So if they get into foul trouble, um, they get into trouble really quick have to go small um so i when i see them show up on a slate i i tend to take the opposing team's big man try to figure out sure who's who's going to be the key rebounder who can get some points in the paint and uh and that's worked out pretty well so far so florida state's got a couple of those guys that are actually really good values right now so might be uh some guys you can target there in a fairly uh high pace game yeah, we, we focused on the front court and you know i think uh, devin vassal if you look at his last four games so he's yeah. gone 33 DK points, 29 DK points, 35 DK points, 32 DK points. And one of those games was at Louisville. Uh, one of those games was against Virginia. So he's getting it done against against slow-paced uh, elite defensive teams. And he's only 6,300. Uh, so he seems like a really good option uh, for the slate, too, against that, that crappy Miami defense. Vassal and Florist, uh, I think you you have to consider. Yeah. Beyond that, I think it, you get into more kind of GPP Take all right, I, I got to cut you guys off, man. You're going to start giving away my picks for later. Oh, right? snap. <laughs> let's, let's not talk about Florida State anymore. I got to got to save some of the good stuff for for uh, for the the latter half of the pod, um, because that's where we're at. We're at that stage in the pod where we're going to flip the switch. We're going to go into our picks, our cash value, GPP and bust picks. Every every pod that we do, we we provide you 12 names, four from each of us, one cash play, one value play, one GPP play, and one bust play. Um, so we're at that point now. On the year, we're competing internally amongst ourselves. Um, I have been brutal of late, um, but I'm gonna. I feel good this week. Bird and James have actually. I used to lead this competition. Now Bird and James have both passed me. They both hit 24 uh, correct, and I've hit 22 correct. As a as a group, we're at 59% right now. The last time we gave out these 12 picks, uh, like I said, we were not that great. But there's there's other wins that we find in here. For example, Bert, it was Tuesday. Dotson was ruled out that Tuesday, and we recorded our pod Monday night. So naturally, yeah. we all pivoted to Moss and, and Garrett. So our podcast is point in time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's why we try to go over each game at the beginning and talk about which games to target, which games not to target. But really follow along with those injuries um, and, and be ready to make some pivots because, yeah, when Dotson went out, uh, Moss and, and Garrett really became auto plays. Um, yeah, and OB no for me. Yeah, I had OB top and I think, is my bust last week. And then the next day, his ankle magically cleared up and he was doing 360 <laughs> with Mill Dunks in the layup line. So I was like, okay, I don't feel confident about that bust play anymore. Yeah, he good. <laughs> he good. All right, let's get into our picks. Let's start with our cash play get, plays, guys. Now, our cash plays are people we think are safe value plays. They're going to get you four times their price. Um, when we say four times their price, 
You take their price, you divide it by a thousand, multiply it by four. You do that with everybody. You get 200 total points, and that should keep you in competition for about any tournament that you're going to enter. So when we talk about our cash plays, our steady eddy plays, Bird, why don't you start us off? Who do you like uh, as your easy easy money cash play tomorrow? Yeah, um, so Mac McClung is my cash game play. He's a guard, 7,600, and he needs roughly 30 DK for value. Um, he's hit 30 in three of his last four games. He's hit 30 in seven of his last 10. So he's been really stable, you know, a guy that we never thought would be uh, that consistent. You know, <laughs> consistent, that, yeah. Yeah, now that Kenjo's gone, I mean, he just he just has to be. So he's at home. He's in the fastest-paced game of the day, the highest over-under of the day. He's got 32% usage in conference, a 25% assist rate, and he has steel upside. So just feels like a great spot. Uh, you know, we really want to dive into that game and have exposure to it. Uh, so sign me up for some Mac McClung tomorrow. I like it. I like it. Now, I went into the tread water section for my cash play, and I took DJ Carton from Ohio State. The uh, freshman point guard really has come on lately, and I did some recon on him, James. You'll like this because I was looking in your Big Ten world. Um, in six conference games, he's carrying a 27.7% usage rate for that team. So when the, the going gets tough, he, he's got the rock in his hands, and he's really starting to play well. He's only 5,500, so you don't need a lot 22 dk to make value and i think uh in a in that game against penn state a team in which they hung 106 on last time uh i think carton is a pretty safe play tomorrow your thoughts on that james yeah i think he, he's got the talent and it's going to be his team next year for sure he's a guy that's going to be way more expensive next year so i think you can you know you want to try to catch him while his price is still low cuz i think this year he's still you know, that team's struggled a little bit in conference play. And I think, you know, they need some of that younger talent to step up uh, him, EJ Liddell. So I, I think it's it's his time. And I, I personally, I'd like to see him, you know, start to put it together, put it on his shoulders. So I think it's yeah. a great play. Yeah, it looks like it looks like he has been in the conference game. So that's really what I'm kind of banking on as well. Bet, bet on the talent. Um, but to close out the cash plays, James, who do you got for your, your cash play tomorrow? Uh, I went with Trey McGowns from Pitt. Um, he's at 6,800. He's going to need about 20, just a hair over 27 DK to hit value. Um, this is a guy that also since conference has started has been terrific. Um, he's a sophomore there. He's been there for a while, but he's hit four X and six of his last nine. Uh, he had 51 DraftKings points at UNC last week. Um, he <laughs> plays max minutes right now. Um, he's become the focal point of the offense. He's getting up about 15 plus shots a game uh, in his last four or so. Um, so I, I think he'll continue the hot streak, and especially with the uh, you know all the injuries in the, in the backcourt for the Tar Heels, I, I think he'll be a pretty solid play. I like that too. Um, hey, any I know this is a little off topic, but is there any uh, update as of what time is it? 8:30 Central Time on uh, on Cole Anthony's status? Cole. Is he out tomorrow? Not sure. They. I think he's I think he's probably any day at this point. Um, yeah. But I, I haven't heard anything definitive. If, uh, and probably won't. Right. Well, and we're <laughs> and we'll be we'll be watching it like a hawk, and it'll be retweeted yeah, immediately sure. if we see anything. All right, let's switch over to our value plays, guys. With the value plays, these are the guys that are under four and a half. Um, someone who can find some some value. And who do you got there? Um, so I mentioned him a little bit earlier. I've got a, I've got Isaiah Moss from Kansas, a guard at forty four hundred. Obviously, if Dotson doesn't play, he's just an auto start. You don't even have to, we don't even have to talk about it. You just, you just play him. But even if he does play, so here's a quote from Bill Self after the Oklahoma game. 
And Moss had been playing roughly 22, 23 minutes a game so far this season. And Self said, I think Moss's role is going to be expanded or exaggerated some moving forward uh, more than it has been. And not just because he made shots, but I see Moss playing starter minutes the rest of the way. So at 4,400, to get a guy who's a sharpshooter, that offense looks so much better when he's on the court, so much better spacing. He is a little bit scoring dependent. But for 4,400, we're going to get starter minutes from a guy. I'm, I'm good playing Isaiah Moss and, and feeling really comfortable with getting 4X there. Perfect. James, who do you like as a value play this week? I went into your side of the world there, and I, I saw that uh, for Florida, primary guard there, Andrew Nemhard seems to have some kind of illness that uh, he came down with, didn't practice today, and is very questionable for tomorrow. And so it looks like Trey Mann uh, would step in and, and kind of take his role. And that's against a, a Auburn team that got absolutely torched <laughs> a couple days ago. You know, got him at home. Might be a good opportunity for a guy that's, uh, you know, $4,000 uh, to step in, grab some starter minutes, and, uh, you know, see what he can do. He can score the basketball, too. And we, we talked about uh, the lack of defense. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, sure. I like that play quite a bit. And then what I had uh, as a, for a value play is Jace Johnson for Marquette. This is the uh, Utah center who's now starting to pick up around 20 minutes a game. He's 3,900, and uh, there's there's a couple things about Marquette. First of all, we already talked about the George, Georgetown game, the pace, and the, the over-under, so we want the exposure there. This is a nice, cheap way to get exposure to this game. Theo John is their starting center, and he is a hatch attack. You know, he's going he's gonna to slap you on the wrist. Like, I, he just fouled me while I was saying that sentence while he's in Georgetown. So, I mean, that's... So Theo John's always going to be a foul risk, and even when Theo does play, he's you're looking at 20. I think uh, Jace is still safe for his 20 minutes. The other center that they would rotate in, Ed Morrow, he's just took a leave of absence from the team. So now, really, if you're looking for a big and you're talking about matching up with Yurt 7, Jace is going to be pretty safe for his 20 minutes, and the guy's pretty productive when he's in there. He's going to grab boards. Um, and, and make the necessary shots. So I, I went with Jace Johnson from Marquette as my value play at 3,900. Former Utah big hasn't played as much uh, this year as I, I kind of expected he would because he was pretty good at Utah. I remember uh, you mentioned that he was uh, when when we were doing our conference write-ups that you thought he would be a little more impactful. And yeah, he's kind of taking his time. He was banged up a little bit start the year, but he's kind of taking his time to get acclimated. But now he's starting to really show what he can do. If you look at his game logs, I think he's been pushing 20 minutes in like four of the last five or something like that. So yeah, it's been good. Super, super long athletic and can make plays on the defensive end. And yeah, I think, I think he's an upgrade to Theo John personally. Next, we're going to get into our GPP plays though. And uh, we were just talking about what they're going to be tasked with down low. Our GPP plays are our dart throws. These are the guys we think are going to exceed five X, you know? So this is people that not, not just are a good cash play, but, we're going out on a limb and saying, here's someone who's going to go above and beyond tomorrow. A little lower success rate here because, you know, we're making a bolder prediction. But, James, who do you have as a GPP play tomorrow? Well, I'm going to stay in that Georgetown Marquette game, and I'm actually going to take Omar Yurt7 uh, to go 5X. That would uh, He's at 8,700, so that would be about, uh, what is that, like a billion DraftKings points. I don't know. It's a lot. But I think it's like 43 and a half. But he had 47 um, almost 48 against Creighton at home uh, mm-hmm. a couple days ago. Uh, similarly paced uh, type of game. Just mentioning kind of uh, the troubles that uh, Marquette's had in their front. Down court. low, yeah, for sure. Yep. And uh, so 
you know, he's been pretty inconsistent. He's had some some pretty bad games. Uh, Seton Hall game, he only had 18 DK. So uh, it's not a sure thing, but this is GPP, and he's a guy that can smash. He had a 63-point uh, game earlier this year. That's a guy I'm going to go with and roll the dice yeah. and, and see what happens. No, I, I, I like that pick, too. Uh, I think he's actually safe tomorrow, too. So I like the GPP upside. I like that you included him here, but I think – with Marquette's deficiency and the over/under, you know he's a pretty safe play tomorrow, which is not his necessarily his forte week to week. Sure. And then Bird, who did you have for your GPP play here? Yeah, I've got I've got Andrew Playtech, and so we talked about North Carolina and, and Cole Anthony. Uh, Anthony just posted a tweet on Thursday night that said, "Can't wait to join my brothers on the court again." Now, does that mean he's playing tomorrow? I don't know. Um, if, if he doesn't <laughs> play, Andrew Playtech is 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 a lock for me um, in in GPP. He, at 4,100, he played almost all game, last game. Uh, more importantly, K.J. Smith only played four minutes in, a, in an overtime game against Clemson. Uh, Playtech ended up with eight points, eight rebounds, six assists, and two steals. And if Cole Anthony is out, uh, Anthony Harris is out for the year. Uh, K.J. Smith stinks, evidently. And so if I can get a starting point guard from UNC for 4,100, and he's going to play 30 minutes, I'm, I'm all in for that. Uh, absolutely. So we'll monitor that. Um, my GPP play, um, I'm going to go to that glorious who's playing Miami uh, narrative, um, and I'm going to go with Trent Forrest from Florida State. This is a guy, one of my favorite players in college basketball. He does everything. He scores. He he rebounds. He assists. He steals. Um, he's kind of the, the the lifeblood of the team. Not not an alpha score, not a, a usage hog like you would think of uh, other lifebloods or heart and souls. He's he's just a guy who gets it done, and they trust, and they they give give him all the opportunities to do a little bit of everything against tier A and B opponents, according to Ken Palm. Uh, Forrest's usage does peak to like 26, 27%, where he normally is around a 20% player. And Miami's just terrible defensively. He needs 33 for 5x, and I think that uh, that shouldn't be too hard of a number for him to get, given that this is the uh, second highest over-under on the slate and and the defense uh, that he'll be up against. Yeah, Miami's given up 87 points and 95 points at home this year to Louisville and Duke. So certainly a team we want to get exposure against, and so I like that one. Thank you. All right, finally, guys, uh, let's talk about our bus plays. These are our last three plays we're going to get you. And, Bird, you're, you're perfect still. You are now 10 for 10 on bus plays. I keep hyping this up, hoping for you to, to break your streak, but can you make it 11 for 11, and who will that be? Uh, my bus pick this week is Isaac Likely from Oklahoma State. And even though it is a home game, and, and I do like Likely as a player, um, Baylor is elite defense, defensively. This is the second lowest over-under on the slate at 125. Uh, both teams play that kind of mid to slow tempo and likely hasn't hit 4X since November. Um, his shot percentage is only 17%. Yeah, that's a, that was a long time ago. Uh, shot percentage at 17%. His assist rate is down 9% since conference play began. And his steal rate is down over 50%. In, in my opinion, if you fade Isaac Likely, you'll be likely to be really happy about uh, it. Oh, oh, oh. Boom. It's, uh, it's terrible. We need a cricket drop, though, after the dad jokes, you know, just like a, you know, an audio insert there. But while we work on that, James, uh, who's your bus play this week? Uh, I went with Jalen Smith. And, you know, we talked about this game a little bit earlier, Maryland-Purdue. Uh, Over-under is likely to be around 120 or so. 
that game could go under pretty easily, in my opinion. Um, you know, Purdue really struggles offensively, so it, it could be a really bad game to watch. But uh, Jalen Smith has struggled himself. Um, he hasn't hit uh, that number since uh, at Penn State uh, December 10th. And this isn't Penn State. <laughs> this isn't that type of tempo game. And mm-hmm. even though it's going to be at home, um, he's got a pretty tough matchup. Obviously, Purdue's got a couple big guys there that are difficult matchups anyway. Uh, so he, he's my guy. I, th- I don't think he's going to hit that 32 mark uh, at $8,000. Fair, fair. And I'm in the same game. I got Matt Harms on the opposite side down low. Now, we were talking beforehand, like, does that mean one's going to hit? Not necessarily. Harms is still dealing with a, an injury. He's not going to start. He is going to play, and uh, he is priced down a little bit. But I don't think, given the tempo and the pace of this game um, and the fact that this one could be kind of ugly, I don't think Matt Harms is going to hit value at 6,200. Yeah, to be honest, those guys could be the top scorers on their teams and, you know, top rebounders and still not hit. You know, it's that type of game, right? You get 14 and 7. 14 and eight or something. And you're still not, you're not getting there. So, right. Um, I think it's just a bad, bad game script. That's why we bucket these games into different games. You know, the don't, the don't go overboard section or versus the ones where we want to get exposure to, you know, the less possessions there are, uh, the less opportunity there is to score points. And we want to score as many points as possible. So we want to get on those, those big East heat and uh, those other big games like that. Absolutely. Well, that does it for our cash value GPP and bus plays. Bucketheads, we are out. Good luck on Saturday. Um, win all the money, right, guys? We want them to win all the money. That's right. That's yeah, right. Let's take, um, some, let's take down some big tournaments this weekend, guys. Heck yeah. And we it's it's CBB all day. We just gave you stuff for the 11 a.m., but enjoy the college basketball all day long. We will be found on Twitter at CBB underscore DFS. We will also be on the website at www.cbb-dfs.com. That's where you can find us. If there's anything else I'm missing, guys, please pop in. Yeah, follow us on Twitter uh, to keep up with some of the injury news and players that might be playing unexpectedly or not playing. And we'll try to get those retweeted out before the games. If you're listening, we'd appreciate a review. Bird, no new reviews, right? Uh, no new reviews this week, but yeah, feel free to review or uh, you know leave a leave a rating. Uh, we have got a lot of DMs that have that have said thanks and things like that, and we really appreciate that. Uh, I'm glad that we can provide uh, some value for our bucket heads and yeah, let's, let's take down some big tournaments this weekend and, and just roll around in money. That sounds great to me. (laughs) 